relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people and places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. Now we're recording. We're doing the things. So yeah, I'm so happy that we're doing a back-to-back can essentials thing where we, you know, <laughs> getting all facets of the company right now. Um, you know, it's been really nice being able to kind of go back and get some Eugene homies that we didn't get the first time around. So it's also cool to, and I don't know if we've done this at any of the kind of company or grows where. Besides, you know, your old place, but like, usually they just send who's really good at like doing them, like the marketing or the, whoever that part, you know what I mean? That's who they send to us. Uh, so we get like a cool person to talk to, but we don't get like, you know, this person does this and they're very good at this. And then this person does this. It's usually somebody's like, uh, I do everything and I, I, I'm so tired right now. And you're like, <laughs> they just like, you're like, yeah, yeah. So it's like cool the way your company set up too, I think. So I'll be, I know also I'm, this is the most I'm going to get to talk on this episode. I'm very aware that two growing nerds, not weed nerds. I've, <laughs> there's so many subcultures that I came and stumbled into and I was like, what is that? Mike and Mike is like, oh. Well, this is the, I was like, oh, okay. So you guys, I'm every now and then, and I'm going to, you've listened to the podcast, so you know my real role. Every now and then I'm just going to, you guys are going to go off onto something that's going to just be too much for who, you know, this is, we have a behind the a paywall on the Patreon where you guys can just, you can you can leave planet Earth and and go to go to cannabis Fraggle Rock land and talk about it, and then people that need to hear it they can you know donate to us and you can hear it. But this is like the free one to everyone that's just like we're just trying to make it accessible to everyone, uh, and should put a face on cannabis is what we're trying to do and through growers and stuff because it's just farmers so i'm done talking i'm at home and so i don't get to talk much <laughs> when i'm at when i'm the dad the dad doesn't get dad doesn't get to say much so there i'm I, done i and it is true that's how me and uh, shane originally first met is when i was managing vital um he was coming in as just a farmer is like I got a veganic kale farm. I'm doing that, and it was one of the first people that I got to kind of talk to about actual farming. And I was like, "Oh, this is really dope. I love this shit." Yeah, I love to talk about it too. So, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you're one of the best things that I've ever gotten out of grocery store, Mike. The only good thing. Nah, there's tons of product that lied to you and fucked up your crops. You know, you also got that. Yeah, experience is what you get when you don't get what you want. And I got a lot of experience. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I always say I I don't lose. I just learn something. 
that's that's the other one <laughs> did you win or did you win or learn that's a, that's <laughs> kind of what you need to be taught and that's how life is if you don't think like that good lord how many mm. how many losses <laughs> but so how long have you been out on your property now it's absolutely one of the more gorgeous farms i've ever been to awesome yeah yeah we um we've been here 15 years and so we um we kind of found the land with water rights and i always knew about oregon water law that you can only farm it right so you know you see all this beautiful land and all this you know nice flat land but you can't actually use the water more than a half acre unless you have water rights. So, um, so that was kind of the first thing. So it was like, do anything we can to get these water rights. And, you know, we found this land. It's really amazing, like bottom valley land right on the um, eastern side of the of the coast range. So just right on the edge of the Willamette Valley, but on the eastern side of the coast range, um, just right there where it kind of hits, hits the valley, you know, foothills. So lots of deposited, you know, soil forever and, you know, just beautiful actual farmland topsoil. Um so 15 years ago, um, started farming veggies and, uh, <clears throat> definitely, uh, it, you know, veggies are it, in, in Eugene, it's a hard one. Cause there's so many farms, everyone has their farm. It's like a great place to do things, but a really hard place to sell things, especially retail. And so, um, you know, so that was definitely a, a, a big challenge, but a lot of learning, a lot of experience from that. So well, it's actually you. real farming. So and especially a dude coming from New Jersey, which is known as the garden state, but parts of it have never even seen a garden. Uh -huh. um, you know, that's one of the things I love about the Willamette Valley is it's just like, we have too much good organic produce around uh -huh. here. It's hard to sell it. It's yeah. like, ah, an embarrassment of riches. Uh -huh. And then there's, you know, you can become a, a more wholesale to distribute um, stuff to other places, but you have to have contracts and it, you know, then turns into a real big investment and a lot of capital for a lot of work and, you know, not that much return, especially when you're, you're already in debt, getting land and, you know, trying to make it as a small farmer. <laughs> so. Well, and that's why I think your perspective is really important because a lot of us here in this industry are just kind of like, man, this is hard. This is, this is so much and everything. And you're like, you should see if you were just a regular farmer, if you were just trying to make it off of kale and other veggies, like it's oh, yeah. so much more intense. Yeah. And it's like all different crops too, where, you know, you think about different strains and different growing, you know, regimens, but when you're doing different crops and then just working with actual nature and, and, you know, the elements, um, it's kind of amazing that there is so many, so much food and so many farmers. But the other thing is when you actually see the abundance come from the ground and you actually, you know, you sustain yourself and you feed people, it's, it, you know, that's all you want to do. It's, you know, it's the most amazing thing. So, so it's, it's kind of a, a labor of love and, you know, that has to happen, but, but yeah, it's a really amazing. And that's really where it's subsidy and help and everything should be coming in to people that do want to farm and grow real food on the, on the smaller scale sustainably. Um, so how okay. do you think, how do we fix that? How do you, what is as the farmer, what do you think the solution to making that more accessible to everyone? Well, I mean, right now, the whole way the system is set up that, you know, the big farms and big agriculture and, and, you know, big oil, everything gets subsidies and they're encouraged to grow this mass food that is not healthy, you know, in a way that's not correct. All the you know, land grant universities are being led by the people making the products and everything to to do it in a certain way. That's just really just makes money up at the top. And they've taken all the farmers, you know, wealth and power, everything away, consolidated all the farms. So it's, it's so far the other direction. 
what would need to happen is really a change right from the top. And, you know, I mean, the, the, the fact that sustainable and regenerative practices work and only make your farm better are actually leading bigger farms to be doing these practices. And, you know, and so, I mean, the change is kind of happening in a way of just functionality. Like we're seeing, wow, it works better. It does better. You get a better crop. So, and, you know, if it's, if, if it's less expensive, um, but it, you know, it takes a lot more thought and, and, you know, uh, um, I don't know, the practices are harder. It takes more people usually. So that's, that's the big thing. Everything is, even in cannabis, you see it where everything is turning into, they don't even want to have a farmer or a gardener or a grower. They want to have, you know, system set up where the dosatron is computer controlled. So the nutrients always stay in line. Everything is completely set up so that there's no hardly any plant touching happening. So anybody can run it. It's just, uh, it can be run by a technician and not really a farmer. And, you know, to do things correctly, a lot of times it takes a farmer on the ground seeing how the elements, how everything works together and creating plans of something to work with nature. And when you work with nature, nature has so much energy that, you know, you're, you're gaining that, that nature's energy instead of having to extract energy and use all this, you know, polluting energy to create this final product. You're using nature's energy, which has been going a lot longer. So and I don't we'll really know. Continue to <laughs> but more help for small farmers and more, you know, when, when you have to buy land and go into huge debt just to try to farm instead of it being basically, if you want to farm that, that should be, you know, that, that should be the first thing they're helping people do. So um, yeah, it's really a, a top down system thing that, so I'd say. <laughs> it's, it's really funny to me too. You know, I, I was donating time over to food for Lane County and they kept giving me food. And I was like, what? What's going on? Why am I getting food when I'm working here to try and feed people? Why is this a thing? And uh, they were just straight up like, a lot of this is going to go bad. We have food. We just don't have the infrastructure to actually get it to people. I'm like, oh, well, that just sounds like a man-made problem then. That's that's what that is. And I, th I think I see that a lot in agriculture a lot of times, especially with the larger for farming um, you know, it's like they're creating their own problems and it's like, it should be pretty simple. You know, we just make food and we feed people and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So the liability though, even giving away food, there's a liability that sometimes they have to destroy it because of the, you know, the, the, the legal. And then also if they can't write it off, if you don't destroy it. So there's all so much technical stuff that we're business, it's all really big business at the end. And when all big farms have been consolidated into these huge, big stakeholders that also own all the products and all the things they're making. And they're doing things in a way that's just totally destructive. It's, I, I don't know, it's, it's hard to, it, yeah, there needs to be quite a big change. But it seems like it's happening. Cannabis is almost leading the way in a lot of ways because we're doing things in a different way. In some ways, it's also actually going the complete same way in other ways. But, <laughs> but the regenerative side of cannabis is really people putting a lot of energy into crops and researching how to do things in a natural way because you really do, you know, want a better, more natural product if you're going to be, you know, smoking it. and um, I don't know. I think that there's there's some help that, yeah, that cannabis is giving the world, greater agricultural world. But but uh, yeah, there's a lot that needs to be done. Hopefully, consciousness too. Maybe if people open their eyes up and are able to think more, you know, I think that the whole new uh, all the different plant medicines and things that can maybe open people's eyes up to maybe see, seeing things a different way. Because the big change is going to be what you support. If you buy the bullshit, the bullshit's going to be grown for you because they're going to make money off of you. If you buy good stuff from local people and try to do your own you're, you know, you're basically, our only really vote is our dollar. 
bucks at the end of the day. So if you vote with your dollar and your hands and doing what needs to be done, then, you know, I think that's going to be the change. What, what do you think drew you so much to regenerative farming, especially it, you're from Florida, right? Um, well, I was born in South Africa. I grew up in New York and then lived in Florida for a little while before uh, coming out to the West Coast. So, yeah. But even just like Florida, Florida is an interesting place to say the least. But then it'd be like, I want to do regenerative farming. Like what, what led you to that? I'd say definitely um, I always wanted to grow things. And actually my, my grandpa back, um, he was like a, a market gardener. And so kind of came for like had the farming. And then my dad did big um, mass farm, like uh, uh, he did factory farming. So, so I saw both sides of it were really like, on the ground, feeding people in the community to the totally massive and, you know, and every, and my, the grandpa that fed people, it was all great and healthy. And then my dad's thing, that all went to shit and was just, you know, the wrong practices. And then, um, yeah. And so definitely saw both of those, but, um, I think I started hanging out with a bunch of hippies and, you know, deadheads and rainbow folk and started eating vegan and just like thinking about consciousness. Oh, what do what, 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 big thing was the animal thing was how they were treating animals. I was like, how do they, how can they be doing this and treating, you know, these natural things like this? And, and then, uh, <clears throat> and then pretty much that led to what am I eating? And then didn't want to, you know, take and eat things that were, that were unhealthy. So it was like a really big, um, you know, we don't want to eat things that are unhealthy. So it was like, I stayed away from everything. So I became vegan. I didn't eat anything almost withered away. And then <clears throat> it was actually like cannabis growing that made me see, I, so I tried to grow cannabis and it didn't really grow that great. And then I, I, um, I took some, some botany and biology classes and realized, wait a second, we're all made from what we intake. So, you know, basically I wasn't feeding the plants enough. And then I was like, wow, I'm not feeding myself enough. And then that came to this whole thing of then going into feeding myself. And how do you feed yourself? You want nutrient dense foods. And so there's a whole food movement of, you know, not just not eating bad stuff, but eating the best. So you can really, you know, feed yourself correctly. And then it was starting to see, wow, well, the soils don't even have these nutrients in them. So, you know, it's like this whole, you know, cascade of like learning of, um, yeah, from just really being malnourished and malnourished my plants to, to then feeding everything and, and seeing how, you know, great everything works, you know, the proofs in the pudding of you feel great and you, you know, everything look, works great. Um, so then it was seeing that, you know, the, the, that the basically, yeah, the, the lands, um, devoid of minerals and then why is this all happening? And then really like, there was a big change in, in looking at everything, the biology, everything. And cause there isn't, you know, there's not the minerals there first, then there isn't the biology that's keep creating these healthy systems to create everything working correctly and actually making these nutrients available. And so, um, so that was a big thing. And then growing cannabis still though, it was feeding it, you know, so we were, you know, maybe using organic, organic bottles, but, but just feeding it, but really, you know, when you do grow indoor cannabis, you get to see, you are playing God, you get to see, what am I providing it? Is it working? You know, so you see, okay, they need this light, they need this water, the temperature, airflow, they need CO2, they need the, you know, and then nutrients. And so the nutrient thing wallow though was always let's feed as much as we can, get as much as we can. Right. So we're basically growing, you know, bodybuilders and sumo wrestlers. And so <laughs> in a world where that doesn't matter, you know, that's great. But then basically there was always, you know, I wanted that taste and you get that because we're going after these different flavors and everything. We're smelling it and we're, you know, and it's a beautiful thing. But then you get the first taste and you're like, oh, I taste those terpenes. But then mm, something, you know, maybe get a little bit more. And then uh, so, you know, I've seen in all these, you know, gardens that were really being pushed. That was the that was the case. And then seeing 
these old dudes growing with just compost and, you know, they weren't doing anything growing compost and their plants even didn't even look flush sometimes, you know, were green at the end, but they tasted really good all the way through. And it was this whole kind of like, what's going on here, you know? So trying to just retreat from the food, I start realizing like, you don't want to feed too heavy, you know? So really going back on the feeding. And, um, and so I guess about the same time. So I learning all about that, I, we got the farm and I started growing outdoor veggies. So still growing very conventionally bottled, you know, organic bottles inside, you know, putting all this energy into making sure it has to be grown like this to then outdoor realizing like, wow, nutrient dense, like microbially rich soil and uh, gotten really into, um, into plant-based nutrition. Cause I was really into like still vegan raw food type thing. Um, and so I saw that there was all this food being grown for the raw food market that was grown with all this chicken shit and all this factory farm byproduct. So, <laughs> and it was like not only creating like pathogens, but also, you know, not healthy food. And when you overfeed something in nitrogen too, you get something that grows, looks real great and green, but you cut it, like cut the kale and it just wilts away. And so we were growing with plant-based fertility and mineralizing the soil and, you know, really doing things correctly and having these veggies that were just lasting for weeks and just, you know, whole totally different quality. And all our customers were like, you know, this is amazing. This is like, you know, real food out of your grandma's garden kind of thing. And so really putting all those together, seeing that plants have everything plants need. So if you use plants to feed plants, you're getting a balanced food. If you use different ingredients, you know, so just with organics, you use a lot of manures. The animal took all the good stuff, took all the micronutrients and giving you the macronutrients. Bone and blood meal, lots of macronutrients, not as much micros, you know, so really, or you're using byproducts where they're taking seeds and things, they're taking the oils and they're giving you the byproducts. So you're trying to create this balanced thing with all these ingredients that are out of balance. So if you, the more you can just use plants and seed. Um, and then the higher quality seeds and herbs at that point. But so, um, where was I back to, so <laughs> you were saying, like, you were like, if you feed plants, plants, they respond. And then that's, I took it as we should, we should eat humans. Yeah. That's, pretty much. That's, that's the perfect food for human is actually human. Humans. That makes it they're really good. They're very tasty. You know, mm -hmm. it's fantastic. <laughs> and if you do only eat plants, you have to do it in a correct way. But it really, I came to learn that about human health and animal health as well and what and how to eat. But that was a whole other journey. But as the farming... <laughs> I remember there were some winters where you had just worked your ass off all summer and you were vegan and stuff. And I was like, I'm a little worried about him. He's kind of withering away to nothing here. <laughs> oh, yeah. I definitely did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really important what we are intaking is what's creating us and rebuilding us. And so, and we have an amazing ability to just sustain and, and break down our own bodies. But the more we're intaking good things, the more we're building ourselves up. <clears throat> and so, um, yeah, and so that same thing with cannabis. So they say, you know, there's this common, you need this these nutrients to create, you know, to, to basically grow. Um, but the thing that they're seeing that, it, that there's there's all these other micronutrients and different things that are coming from other sources. So we use like a lot of ocean water and the ocean has basically all the minerals, everything, all the micronutrients. And um, so the, the basic of plant growth is there's there's primary metabolites and secondary metabolites. And the primary metabolites are the car carbohydrates and the protein. Carbohydrates are basically carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. So coming from the CO2 and the H2O. And then the, the proteins are the nitrogen-based compounds. And so with those, you can build a skeleton, you can build, a, a, you know, the base of building blocks, and you can build a big plant. But the secondary metabolites are all the cannabinoids and the terpenes and the flavonoids and a lot of the immune system things. 
And those are all dependent on the micronutrient. And so you can have this plant that is a whole skeleton, but you don't have all those secondary metabolites, the ones that we really want. And, uh, and so that's really a big difference. It's not only growing things in this natural way, but it's when the plants get everything that they need, they're actually growing different terpenes, more terpenes, as well as the biology. The microbes are actually creating things. They're creating plant compounds, plant growth compounds, as well as like terpenoids and things. So um, it's just a whole different animal of what you get when you're, and it's just like food. So that was the, you can get organic food that's, that's grown with organic nutrients, and, but it's not, you know, microbially rich, basically um, nutrient dense soil creating this food that's just, you know, it's extra. And it's the same with us. If we eat superfoods and we eat all the best things, we're going to be the best one of ourselves. And we can also eat just total garbage and we'll keep going. You know, we still have, you know, some things to keep us going, but we, you know, degrade and we don't really build more. We don't get stronger. We don't get better. You know, we go down. So it's really, um, it's all reflective. Everything is the same. The same microbes in our stomach are the same microbes that are in the soil, same microbes in the animal stomach. And so even with a lot of fertilizers, we're making just a lot of, you know, leaves and different weeds and good uh, things that are sending tap roots down, bringing nutrients up. And then we just make big ferments and it's the same microbes that would be in like an animal stomach. So we're just making like a big, basically, you know, cow stomach. And then we're feeding those that's breaking it down. The microbes, they chelate the nutrients, they make them a plant available. So they're small enough to go into the plant. And so that's, that's basically, you know, and that's what's happening in our stomach where we're, we're, our microbes are breaking everything down, making it actually absorbable. So as with the plants in the soil, the soil, the microbiology has to be there. It has to be a healthy ecosystem. It's it, with our body as well. If we don't have a healthy, you know, inner ecosystem, um, we're not breaking everything down and the nutrients that we're trying to, to rebuild, uptake to rebuild aren't even being, you know, absorbed. So we're just wasting it all. So everything is really reflective. It's, it's really, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so. Well, and that's one of my favorite things is like you and I, we could sit in, you know, the grow shop and just talk about these ideas for hours and hours and be like, yeah, that is right. Yeah, I do believe that. But then the fact that you actually built a business around that and put that into practice and then won awards for your cannabis, to me, it's like, okay, well, the proof's in the pudding. That's the concept. Proof's in the through. cannabis. It's not yeah. pudding. It's not. Uh, it's not pudding. It's cannabis it's that we're doing. Can- okay. If there's cannabis pudding, oh fuck. That uh, does sound really good. Cannabis some pudding. butterscotch cannabis pudding. Mm. Come on, Eugene. That sounds like <laughs> right up your damn alley. Yeah, the proof uh, is really as well as our numbers with our our terpene levels, our cannabinoid levels. Our actual tests are higher. But everything smokes good all the way through to the last taste, you know, and, and that is really the plants are photosynthesizing and they're feeding their sugars to the soil. Half of their sugars are feeding to the soil. So basically, the microbes are getting fed those sugars by the plants and the plants are feeding them also signals of what nutrients they want to uptake. So, you know, the plant is really the chef. The plant is conducting the symphony. We're not forcing it. We're not saying you're getting this, you're getting this, you're getting this and creating what we what we think. You know, the plant is actually doing what it, it's supposed to be doing. And that's the real difference. That's what quality, that's what the fine wine of cannabis is. Cannabis grown in soil where the plant is actually conducting it. You can help it along with certain things, you know, but if you're forcing it in any way or if you're, or if you're making the regimen and you're feeding it, it's not growing fine wine cannabis. It's, it's you know, it's a different product. So that, that's, that's what I've come to see. And, um, and we've definitely, you know, so... Um, so I was doing a lot of indoor growing and then, and then farming for a few years, seeing, you know, things should be done more naturally. And I started meeting these kids that were just like taking stuff and fermenting them. They're like throwing like, you know, fruit and all the stuff in a, in a barrel. And I was like, 
these kids are crazy. They were like these young kids. And then but I started hearing more about it. And then, <clears throat> so indoor probably about like nine years ago started trying to do some cover crops and, uh, and, and plant ferment and really just backing up on all that. I'm animals. so sorry. So sorry. Did you say nine years ago? About nine years ago. Yeah. Cool. Okay. And, and so, um, and so, um, so backing up on all the, on all the, the animal products and getting rid of the bone, bone and blood and, um, and just trying to go more plant and more cover crops and, and, you know, plant ferments. And I started seeing like it, it was working and it was tasting better. <clears throat> and, um, but then, you know, thinking this can be done just totally natural. I always had this dream of like, how can we do it really connected to the earth? But Bill, I was really into indoor. I'm really into the quality and, and you know, what's the, you know, the best of the best. So how can we put this all together? And so when, when rec happened, um, it was really this like ability to do things right on the open in greenhouses. And so, um, you know, and I definitely saw what people were doing. People were doing Humboldt and growing these beds and greenhouses. And um, so, you know, but how can we put this all together and really make the, you know, beyond indoor and have beds that go down into the native soil, but still have nice, you know, fluffy, uh, uh, drainable topsoil so that we can really finish them too. Um, and have everything that indoor has, you know, with lighting, climate control, humidification, humidification, um, different heating, airflow, HVAC kind of thing. So, um, so basically putting all together, everyone thought we were crazy and told us, you know, you're going to have this problem, that problem. And we definitely have, you know, encountered quite a few, a lot of it's infrastructure where really you need the best infrastructure. That's why you see these beautiful greenhouses going up in places because that is really the reality. But, um, but we went right into the native soil with raised beds. And that's a really big difference. You know, it really created these real living deep organic beds uh, that now almost seven years in same soil, they're basically just worm beds and anything you throw at them, they'll just eat it and, you know, break it down and make it available. And so um, it's really like a whole different animal, but, um, but we basically, uh, we've, um, we've kind of, uh, come up with our regimen of what we do and we do a lot of cover crops we plant our plants and then we do a cover crop top dress and uh the, the seeds grow up and then going into flower we'll mulch all that in use a lot of wood chips and um carbon bringing in and then uh we'll do another top dress cover crop seeds grow up again and then about two three weeks into flower we'll mulch that in so just like when leaves are falling from the trees and it creates you know new soil that's happening like once a year we're just making that happen like for every couple of weeks and just like really creating this just like churning where there's just and all those seeds are sprouting um which creates enzymes all those seeds all those cover crops are feeding the soil more sugars they're chelating nutrients into themselves so everything that all that that plant material is going to be available for when it does get mulched down into it um you know so it's really creating this real living you know crazy diverse system underneath our plants that and, and all those microbes so the thing is that those microbes and the plants are working the plants are feeding the sugars the microbes are working we're not having factories working we're not having you know, people extracting and mining and, and even making teas. We're not even having to make teas ourselves and stuff. It's happening in the soil. We're tossing stuff on the soil and it's happening. It's doing its thing. Whoa, 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 whoa. You don't have to. Sorry. Um, I got I got enamored and then there was like a couple of questions. And then I was like the I forgot I was on a podcast. I was hosting a podcast because <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, that's fucking. And then there was like. I was like, oh, I'll have to ask him later. And then I was like, no, ask him now. This is now. Um, what do you mean you don't have to, like, there, you don't, you're not making teas. You could just throw, like, the shit on. The, what do you mean? Like, you just throw. So we're doing, uh, we're doing top dresses that have ingredients that, like, you would put in teas. We do do some. Okay, so we do some teas. 
the, the extracts we do. So really what you're going for is having soluble nutrients available in, you know, in that two months that you're flowering. That's the whole thing about cannabis. It's like, we want in this two months to have everything available. So we can really, that's, and especially indoor, you know, indoor quality, it needs all those nutrients available. It needs to have everything that it is available. Um, so we do some plant ferments where we just throw everything in a, in buckets and we let them all just break down and, um, and we feed that back. Um, uh-huh. and we do some other ferments that we, uh, we make that we do foliars of. And, um, a lot of it's like Korean natural farming type methods or, um, jet M farming methods, but, uh, where we're using a microbe and we're using sugars and we're taking different plants, some of them having different hormones, some of them having different, either, you know, vegetative or flowering cycle hormones. And then some of them, um, like the giant knotweed, which is a, a local invasive weed, it's, um, Rhenutria sacalensis. It's the same thing they use in regalia. So we make a ferment of that and we use that as a, as a foliar spray. We use horsetail for silica as a foliar spray. We do um eggshell all our eggshells we use in, in vinegar we do that calcium spray with that and we do um lactobacillus we make um so we make our own microbes as well we where we gather different microbes from like old growth forest to like healthy places around the farm and then make a tea with um with mashed potato which it creates the starch and like the root sugars and then seawater which creates which has all the uh the minerals and so, um, and then we do sprouted seed teas because different sprouts have different, so corn has a lot of cytokinin. So in the first couple of weeks, it'll really help stack and, and make that nice top growth. And then um, barley has a lot of um, phosphatase because in the spring, when it's too cold, the basically uh, the barley needs its own phosphatase because it can't uptake the phosphorus under 60 degrees. So we're basically making these sprouts, then grinding them up and making teas of those and feeding them to the plants or fo- to the soil. Um, so we do do, we do some things that are a little bit extra and, but, um, but, but in the soil, we're taking different plant materials and, um, some different rock dust and, and different brands and a lot of seeds. So we use like a lot of like, um, oats and lentils and chia and flax and amaranth and, uh, um, sesame and millet and just like a whole vast array of seeds and different, some different seeds at different times kind of come up with our, our little regimen we do, but basically just tons of different seeds. Seeds have everything plants need. They're like little embryos. So, and a lot of them sprout, they're creating enzymes, putting in the soil. Some of them are getting eaten, <laughs> but instead of like a seed meal where you're just getting the, the, the leftover and they took the oil, we're getting all those, all those oils and everything and using ingredients that are kind of the same price as fertilizers. So, um, so it's just like a whole different way of looking at it, but you're really getting a lot more diversity and, uh, and that's where, you know, I feel that you're getting, if you want the plant to have everything it needs. You don't want to overfeed it. You don't want to be forcing anything. You just want it to have everything it needs and as well as all the micronutrients and everything. And the plant then going to do its own thing. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and, and grow to its genetic potential, grow to what it's supposed to. And then you create the climate for that. And then, you know, there you go. <laughs> Beyond I, 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 I remember when I first came out and saw your greenhouse, when you first built it up, I think I have the picture somewhere. And it's like, Jesus Christ, this is fucking amazing. This is the way that it's got to be. And especially, you know, having gone out and seen your farm so many times before, walking the same, you know, land that you had grown so many veggies, so many things. It's just, you know, you're starting so far ahead of the game. Like I had Billy growing inside 
in a little tent with some coots mix and then you know we're doing some teas and stuff like that some cover crops but you know a lot of the teas were don't plants don't were... say it like it's nothing it. <laughs> don't. it's not nothing but it's just the very beginning like I you know, know having your I soil know for so long and all that microbial life in it is just you know that's where we're gonna get billy billy that's when he said seven years i was like man that's and a lot of soil testing that's the big thing is really so oh, you guys good. talked ahead of this that's why you said that because i haven't done that he's mad mike's mad at me because i keep putting that off uh, you could be really missing, and it's really usually missing the micronutrients a lot of times it's like manganese boron copper zinc and I mean, it's, it's really these micronutrients that are, are missing in all systems everywhere. And a lot of them are soluble, so they get washed out of the soil. There's reasons for it all, but, uh, but it really is amazing. If you have everything else and you're missing one thing, you're going to have that, you know, you, you, you're limited. Okay, that. I'll get my soil <laughs> test. I knew it was important. My dad even said it. He's like, oh, I was like, Mike's mad. I need to test my soil. He's like, you do need it. That's important. Uh, <laughs> his, his dad comes his family comes from cattle farming down in tennessee so. but there was a i mean there was a half acre garden that i had to deal with every every year there was i think that's probably why it took me a little bit longer to get back into it because i just remember being like man because when you're a kid it sucks uh-huh. <laughs> Because you don't understand how the magic that's happening or anything. There, it's just like, hey, stop playing and do this. You're like, I don't. Mm-mm. I know, and it does suck too. I mean, it's a family farm. You know, Shane's been farming out there with his two little kids for so many oh. years, and then now when you go wreck. They're not allowed anywhere near the property because they're not over 21, which to me is one of the bigger sins about the recreational market. It's just like, well, this was their land before. Why all of a sudden they can't do it? So, Yeah, I mean, a lot of it, it's uh, it's a lot of work. It, it changed the whole, I mean, everything. it's a lot of energy to, to do a rec farm and a lot of, I don't know, waste. It's a lot of uh, the regulation and all the bureaucracy takes up a lot of time and energy that, you know, you could do everything with half the amount of people or anything, but, you know, I understand the whole system. It, it needs to be in place for whatever, but, but it's, uh, it really is just, uh, it's, I don't know, it's a lot of, and, and just the, the garbage and everything too, it's create, you know, every time you create an industry and packaging and tags and all that shit, I don't know. It's a hard part that to be part of all that too, but it's like, it's amazing to be able to do what we love and, you know, and, and be able to, to do it. Um, yeah, freely, but in some well, way like you, you said you know sometimes you know we are pushing the larger conversation around agriculture and sometimes mm-hmm. you got to put up with their bullshit to be like see i did your bullshit and i still proved to you that i could do it completely different than what you guys are doing you know yeah i was, I was talking to a dude and he's a part of you know this larger company he's been you know a part of large msos like straight agricultural large industrial cannabis farming and you know the way we were talking about it, he was like yeah you're probably like one of five people i know across the entire country who said they wouldn't serve something that they themselves wouldn't eat and i was mm-hmm. like well yeah that's why i gotta be here so that i can make sure to call that bullshit out and yeah. to show you guys like you know if i don't want to consume it i'm not going to tell other human beings to consume it yeah yeah, that's really the big disconnect, and that's in so many things and food and everything that people are just growing for. And I think that that even comes into a, 
another thing is like the way that we select our genetics is when we've been doing pheno hunting and there's, you know, a line, uh, you know, a group of seeds that we're collecting out of and they could all look beautiful, you know, even have high numbers, anything, but certain ones smoke really well. There's certain plants that smoke really well. They have like a creamy, rich, thick smoke and a seed that came from the same, you know, mother plant and, you know, looks the same, everything can have a completely just different, doesn't really smoke well. And so that's, I, I don't know, we're going for the, the flower market. You know, if you extract it, you can extract anything. You can make it. I think extraction actually has come a lot out of cannabis not being grown correctly as well as not, not really the best strains because then you just make it taste good by just taking the good stuff out. But really for smoking flour, and that's kind of what we're really into. We're really, and that's like the fine wine I, I feel is like the real smoking flour. And it is so rare. Like, I mean, it's in, in the rec market, especially it's just mostly overfed, not, not cured. Right. You know, we're slow cure 60, 60 for two weeks. Then we're big leafing into food grade barrels. Another couple of weeks, like we're, you know, it's usually six weeks a month or two, two months until it comes out into the shelf and it's just, just everything done correctly, how we'd want to do it. And that the, my, the best thing for me is that I'm growing the cannabis I always wanted to, and the best cannabis I've ever grown on a rec scale. And, you know, is it easy? No. Are we making money? Not yet, <laughs> but, you know, but pretty much it's, uh, you know, and there, there's potential though. It's just, if, if we were in a market that could actually, you know, um, I don't know, support us in the same way, it's just Oregon's a tiny little state and, you know, there's not as much of a high end market. So it's, uh, it's a tough one, but, um, but, you know, if I move there, I could save it. I think <laughs> just the, just the market. All of it. <laughs> I'm so, like, I already told you, I think you listened to, but I already invited myself to your farm. So I'll see you soon. Like, yeah. yeah. You guys, you're welcome out for a tour anytime. I'm, I'm surprised I haven't seen you out lately, Mike at all. But, uh, it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing, too. And, you know, I was recently talking to somebody else, you know, a lot of people like you and me who, you know, went for the rec market when it first started, we're eight years in. Mm -hmm. Like we're eight years in and as you said, not really making money just yet, you know, like it is that reality of like so much of us are like deep into this now of just, you know, fighting the entire battle, doing all the things. And it's just like, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, the hard part is the market, you know, the, the product and our, 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 everything like is, is really, it looks good. If we could just basically sell everything at a, at a price that, you know, is, is really what it, you know, it's just all the stores are overloaded and it's, it's like a, when the pipes are clogged, you can't really put anything through. It doesn't really matter what it is. So it's, it's just like a whole market kind of uh, and a problem. And um, yeah, free market economy, so, you know, but. Well, and that is one of my favorite things. I was up in Portland doing sales the other week. I think I mentioned it on the last one, but uh, you know, I was going in, I was like, you know, this is living soil, organic stuff. Like, in fact, their Lottie that they had been growing here at Sugar Top for seven years now, once I took over and started doing it with my practices, they started getting terpenes that they had never seen before in it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's, that's letting the plant do its own thing. Oh, yeah. But but going into the dispensary and being like, would you like to purchase this? You know, one of my favorite things is, you know, it was up in Portland, larger one. The guy goes, well, you know, the, the most I the most organic cannabis, the most high end organic cannabis I, you know, purchase is can essentials. And I was like, no, oh, I know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a fun thing, you know, as much as the market is tough and everything. It's like, well, there's a lot of really good quality cannabis. And, you know, I know a lot of people be like, no, I don't 
purchase from dispensaries, but I purchase all my homies. I purchase all my friends. I enjoy the smoke. I enjoy it all. So, you know, yeah, well, I can say uh, I've traveled a lot and Oregon has the best cannabis by far. It is noticeably better. Uh, and then it just is. It is. There's no... It's because you guys all talk like this, and then you're like, yeah, I used to grow kale, but you can't make money doing that. And then you're just like, cool, that too. I won't grow in my stuff. It's people that are like, like, what do you... It, it just, like, it's very funny, like, when life, when you have, like, small little epiphanies about stuff, and then you hear other people have said, like, because I said, like, when I started growing... And then learning about growing cannabis is when my diet really changed. Now, you know, it's not ideal, but it's still like so much. It was just such a, like you said, like this clear thing of like what I put into this plant clearly affects this plant. Exactly. Yeah. And then you're like, and then you're just like eating potato chips and you're just like, oh, okay. I see. Mm-hmm. You're just like chomping. You're like, slower slower chomping you're like oh damn it and that's like (laughs) but that's what you said i mean you went like way harder but i'm sure there was a girl or something involved too um i'm just i didn't want to ask but there's always when you're like i went hardcore vegan you're like what was her name what was her name (laughs) (laughs) there was a lot of names (laughs) see there we go even better Oh, you go real hardcore. Yes, it's. That's I, I remember. I remember when I went vegan. The girl who was the first vegan I met, she was all into modest mouse. Was that super alternative hipster girl? And I was like, I'm going vegan because of this. And she would just show me videos. But when I first uh, uh, ate meat was when I came out here and I worked at Love Life Farm and they had cattle out there. And I was like, All right, I'll give this a try. I've been watching it eat all the good stuff. That's you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I, I went uh, when I was, I think I was 14. I guess I was in going into freshman. My one teacher gave me diet for a new America, which is um, Tom Robin or John Robin, who is a uh, Baskin Robbins heir. And he, he didn't take all the Baskin Robbins money because of all the cow, you know, the milk and stuff and wrote a whole book about factory farming. And so I had the social studies teacher that kind of turned me on to the vegan thing. And I was like, Oh yeah. But, uh, so it's very much a consciousness of like, what's going on with the world? Why are things done in this way? As well as, like I said, my dad was a factory farmer. So, you know, good way to rebel. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But well, and I mean, it is real, you know, once you see the thing, you can't unsee the thing. And, you know, consciousness is like that. Once you're conscious, you know, I mean, or you're just avoiding it. And then it's so annoying. (laughs) So annoying to be like, well, here it is. And you're like, Oh, is it? Oh man. (sighs) I have to say with, uh, when we were growing kale and when I was, um, when I was in my raw vegan, you know, uh, days and trying to tell everybody about the, the benefits of health and, and food and, um, no one would really listen that much and didn't really care. But with cannabis, people love cannabis and they love to listen. So I can kind of take this whole thing and take this whole picture of how, when you grow it, when you use the right ingredients and you, and you have the right climate and the right environment. You know, which is like for us too, we want to be in the right environment. We want to be healthy. And, you know, if you put me outside in the cold and don't feed me, I'm not going to be doing too well. But so if you do that to cannabis, look how, you know, it, it's a better product. It's this better fuller thing. Same with food and then same with us. And it really is this whole picture thing. 
but as well as the cannabis that we're consuming, since we're consuming it, we don't want this synthetic, you know, synthetic, basically, you know, created thing. It's not really a lot of it's not going for just the THC. And, you know, it's not this whole healing, full spectrum consciousness raising. You know, it's a lot more of a drug, you know, um, you know, uh, a stimulant, whatever, you know, sedative kind of, you know, instead of this whole medicine and, and the sacrament that we've kind of always, because I guess that was my whole thing. It was like, it was always a sacrament. It was always like this, this thing that was, you know, beyond just the, the commerce of it, you know, that just, that was just part of, you know, yeah. <laughs> but Well, no, it is true. And like, I've texted Billy at so many times. I was like, with this, we could probably teach some people about life, you know, like just as far as like, you know, with, with little kids where you get them excited about something with something that they enjoy, because, uh-huh. you know, I came out here for the money. I came out here to grow cannabis for the money. And then my cousin was like, all right, we'll go work with this dude on this farm. And then I worked on a farm and I was like, holy fuck, really? This is what's going on here. And then it taught me about life. It taught me about nature and ecosystems. And then it was like, okay, well, I just love this now more than anything. It shows you real abundance, though. That suckers. Actual, that you're both suckers. Like, bro, things that you're not other business. You're like extracting and making pollution and taking and taking to try to make something that usually isn't, you know, usually doesn't even come to have a better outcome. Whereas when you're taking like byproducts and shit and just whatever, and then creating life and, you know, growth and like, I don't know, and, and sustenance and, you know, food and, and, and uh, healing. That's kind of, it's kind of amazing. So It's awesome. <laughs> it's Thank legit you so- magic. It really is. It is. Thank oh, you so yeah. much for your time. I, this has been truly like, just like, I've just been like, like I said, I forgot I was doing the podcast. I was like, <laughs> in the middle of it, I was like, this is a good podcast. <laughs> uh, we will, we will have you back. Um, Mike, and Mike's gonna bug you about recording a dime bag. Just have you guys go off and nerd the hell out, because, yeah. and I might just sit in on that one because it's so it's like. Uh, but thank you so much, the like guys. If you're in Oregon, go pick up their stuff. Like support the shit out of them, literally, because um, it all works together. Um, I've smoked it. It is, there's like a handful of like these Eugene farms that Mike's introduced me to. And he's, it's, it is, it's just like, what are they? And he's like, the beds are eight years. They're seven <laughs> years. Now I know. Cause I have, this is my second time growing in this one. And it's just like a little bit better whenever he says, and then when your brother, you can hear it on the last episode when your brother was like, yeah, we have the beds and then they go into the actual earth. I was like, what the fuck? So I'm just excited about going up there, guys. Um, we'll get all your information. So that'll be in the thing. You guys follow them and keep up with what they're doing. Cause it's just, it's, it's what's funny is it's cutting edge and it's not, does that make uh-huh. sense? It's old school in a new school way. <laughs> it is a, it is like, hey, hey, what they're doing is incredible, and they're like, what are they doing? What the earth? Just earth? They're doing earth. They're us out of the way, and earth doing it. And you're like, well, that sounds crazy. And you're like, it might work. I think it <laughs> might work. I think. 
It's almost as if it's an ecosystem that's been thriving and around for millions of years. I don't think we have much to do that. with it except for fuck it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Thank you oh, so much, beautiful. Shane. I appreciate it. Thank you, Shane. Yeah, yeah, Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate everything. Yeah, definitely.